This is episode 240 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we will answer the question, what am I truly hungry for? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food Method and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food, It's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters. Welcome back. And today I'm going to blow your mind. I know that's a big statement to make, but I will. And there's two reasons for that. First of all, the content of the episode today, um, it's going to blow your mind because that's what I think it's going to do, but it's also what people have told me, right? So what I'm going to share with you today is content that I've piloted three months ago for the first time ever, and it is the content that I've received the most email feedback about. It's a webinar or online workshop that I did, and literally the title of nearly all the emails that I was receiving back was, oh my God, you blew my mind. I didn't know. That's what we're going to talk about today. And also because I'm here to announce to you that we have opened my calendar for what we call breakthrough consultation. We do that twice a year um, where I open up my calendar space for 30 minutes consultation with people interested in joining our program. So this is a conversation that is designed to help you and me identify why you're stuck with food or body image or weight, whatever your thing is. Um, And then together we can determine the best approach for you and then see if our programs are the right fit for you. And so if so, which one, right? So the, this breakthrough, it's a consultation into our program. So if you've ever looked into our program and uh, hesitate, I know a lot of you do, this is the time you can get on the phone with me and we'll answer all your question one-on-one that it's either you want to join the academy or uh, Conquer and Thrive, which is our one-on-one high-touch program. These sessions are designed for that. So what we have done is in the show note, we have link. It's a page on our website where you can click and then access my calendar. You'll have to fill up a quick uh, questionnaire and then you book your time. It's first come, first serve. So We're going to launch this on May the 14th, 2020, depending when you're listening to this episode, and then we'll see how fast the space filled up. And then from there, we will see what happens. So if you're listening to this and you click the link and you get to a wait list, it's because the space have already been filled up. Um, And then put your name on the wait list. And then the next time we reopen, we'll, we will notify you. So I'm very excited to speak to a lot of you one-on-one. Now, today's episode is going to answer the question, what am I hungry for? Now, this is a segment of our workshop called Women, Food, and Power. 
the feminist approach to food. And it is not what you expect when I answer this question, because as so there's two places you can come from. You are a longtime listener of the podcast, and you understand the name of this company, which is Going Beyond the Food, right? You understand that perhaps, yeah, we are hungry. We think we are hungry with food, but it's really not about the food. So you're in that bucket of women who get it. And then perhaps you're a new listener to the podcast. You're like, yeah, but I crave chocolate all the time. So I must be hungry for chocolate, right? You're not. You think you're hungry for chocolate, but really it's beyond the food, right? Our craving, our hunger, our urges, our desire to eat food represent something much bigger than food. Yeah, if you've been restricting for years, you're perhaps hungry for food. But the question is, why have you been restricting for years? Why have you not been feeding you and your body what you needed? That why piece there is the critical element. And that's a question we never ask, right? We meaning the traditional approach to nutrition and health and food. It's always about what, when, how, but it's never about why. So if we want to answer the question, what am I truly hungry for? The first place we need to start is not in a traditional model with the what, the when, and the how, but rather in the space of why. Why are you hungry? What is your body trying to tell you? And if you're new here, yeah, you need to feed yourself. You need to put food in your mouth and you need to eat until you're satisfied, until you're full, right? That's our basic eating cue, right? Hunger, eat, stop when you're full and make sure you're satisfied in your eating experience. Basic of intuitive eating 101. But then once you have fed your body, you have to ask yourself, why have I been depriving myself so much? And that's where we're going to start. Now I have a quote that's going to get us started on this topic of finding why. And it goes as follow. The truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off by Gloria Stenham. And Yes, this information will blow your mind, but there's a segment of you that will get pissed at me. And I'm totally okay with that because that's part of the process, right? But know that I've planted a seed and perhaps you'll come back in a week, in two weeks, in three months from now, and you'll listen to this episode again or another one, but still planting the seed work. So Before we get moving, I want to settle everyone into something we're going to talk a lot in the rest of the program here, which is diet culture. And if you're new here, you may not know what diet culture is. So let me give you a two-minute basic on diet culture. Diet culture is not the action of being on the diet. Diet culture is a system of belief, of custom, of messages, and behavior that places value on weight shape and size over and above health and well-being. 
Diet culture worshipedness and equates it to health and moral virtue, which means that you can be your entire life on a diet and never actually meet the impossible ideal of diet culture, which is thinness. Diet culture is a phenomenon of society, Western modern society, right? It's common to all of us. We're born in it. And we grow up thinking that this is the way to live our life. So for some of you, questioning this is perhaps brand new. You didn't even realize you could question it. This is how profound diet culture is. Diet culture uses dieting and weight loss approach as a mean of achieving this higher status of thinness, right? So we, and this is where it goes into what we're hungry for, dieting and weight loss is a tool that we use to shrink our body because we believe that shrinking a body is the thing we must do as women. And I emphasize here the word must do. We don't even think this is negotiable when we start our journey, right? And then four, uh, fourth element of diet culture is to demonize a certain ways of eating while elevating others. So currently we are in a phase of low carbohydrate, keto, intermittent fasting. So these are the ways of eating that society is elevating over others. 20 years ago, it was low fat, right? Do you see how we're getting into patterns here? And then the last element of diet culture is that it oppresses people who don't match its supposed picture of health. Now, oppression is external, right? We have something called fat phobia, weight stigma. So as a society, we discriminate openly on people who don't match the thin ideal, right? That thinness as a way of forcing them into the rank of thinness through dieting, right? Oppression is also internalized, and we'll talk a lot about that today, because for most women, the oppression is them oppressing themselves, because we have been so well trained that we must meet, meet distant ideal that we oppress ourselves. So from there, if food is not the problem, what is? Right? Understanding diet culture, that's our starting point here, right? Diet culture is the starting point. Then diet culture has used our bodies against us, right? Through its ideal of our body, right? In the current moment being thin, diet culture has oppressed us right? It has forced us in a way of thinking, living, being that could never be achieved. And through this process, right, we have suffered, we have changed the way we lived our life as women. And that's what we're hungry for. We're hungry for the thing that has been taken away from us, right? And the number one thing, element that's been taken away from us 
to this process of diet culture is our autonomy. Autonomy can be defined as the independence of one's thought and action. It's the capacity to decide for oneself and pursue a course of action in your life that you've decided upon regardless of any particular moral content of society. It can also be defined as the individual autonomy, the capacity to be one's own person, to live your life according to the reason and motive that you have decided to be your own and not the product of manipulative or distorting external forces. Key here, these manipulative, distorting external forces is diet culture. For us as women right now, many, 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 many of us, if not most of us, live our life according to diet culture standards. Can you see this? And this goes against the fundamental of being an adult human being. Being able to live your life as a woman, to live our full life, is what we seek. And we put this, living our own life, living our full life, living our unconditional life, conditional to the size of our body. We think we're not entitled to live our life until we can fit someone else's expectation about the size, the shape, and the look of our body. We are not allowed to just be who we are as a person because our body is not good enough. Can you feel this? Humans our journey as human, like when you go to the highest level possible, right? When you look at human life, the highest level possible, it's about seeking autonomy, right? We're born as human, not fully developed. And the job of between zero and 20 is our parents' role is to develop us, right? We first want to be independent and autonomous of going where we want. So we learn to walk. Then we learn to feed ourselves. And then we go to school and we learn to think for ourselves. And then we go into our teenage year and we learn to live our life. We rebel. We have a desire to form our own value system. And then we go into life to live our life. But the caveat here for our group is that it's conditional to the size of our body. Diet culture has got into our brain and made this human desire to be autonomous, to be conditional. Just to put things in perspective for you, this need of autonomy is so great in human that that's what we use in society as the greatest form of punishment. We put people in jail. We take their autonomy away from them as the greatest punishment ever. Isn't it what diet culture does to us as women? It puts us in jail. It rubs us from our autonomy. It puts us away from just living our life and our body. 
We don't decide how to feed ourselves, which we've learned decades ago. But then we are told by diet culture that the way you feed yourself is wrong. You're not good enough to know that. So follow our diet plan. Your eating cues, they're wrong. Follow our macro plan. You don't know how to move your body. So go to this trainer and buy this hardcore program and go and train and no pain, no gain for six months and 12 months until you punish your body enough, punish your body enough because it's not good enough. Diet culture is our jail. It takes away our power of autonomy. Now we're smart women, right? When I expose it to you in this way, you're like, wow, like this makes no sense. Why do I obey this? Why am I responding to this jail that is diet culture? There's a very simple answer for that, right? We have to go back into the world of psychology and understand like, how can we be so well programmed? Well, it starts with socialization. At a very, very, very young age, we as women are socialized to adhere to diet culture that we think of the Barbie dolls we play with, the princess we see in the movie, right? The first diet we're exposed through, either in our household into, or into high school or junior high in our preteens, it goes as far down as that little girl must be beautiful, right? And later and turns in into pretty young girl must be 10. We are socialized by diet culture at a very, very young age. And that socialization as our brain develops continues well into our teens. And then as we become an adult, we start internalizing these principles, these beliefs around diet culture. And let me say this for having worked with women on this topic for a decade now, internalization is way more powerful than socialization. Because at that point, society does not need to tell you how to be. You create your own thought. And that's what internalization is about. It's about you creating your own narrative in your head of how you should be, how you should look, how you should eat, how you should live your life, how you should be as a woman. And then these thoughts repeat itself in a loop in your head up to 60,000 times a day. Neuroscience has estimated that a normal human being has 60,000 thoughts a day. Now, okay, granted, maybe not all of them are about diet culture, but what, half of them, 60% of them are about all the shoulds and the how you should look and should and should and should do as a woman. And the older you get, the more role and character you put into your portfolio of should, right? 
at first in your 20 is just about you being thin enough. So you should get married and you should get into a relationship and then you should have children and how you should be a mom and how you should be a wife and how you should be a lover. And it just, by the time you hit 40, you've got like 12 masks to wear with a series of should. And it drives you crazy. And then you keep coming back to if my body was small enough, all of this wouldn't exist. And you blame your body for everything. Because once my body is thin enough, or if I could keep the weight off long enough, I'd be the perfect lover, I'd be the perfect mother, I'd be the perfect professional, I'd be the perfect sister, I'd be the perfect this and perfect this and perfect this. And then you're again living your life unconditionally. And this internalization of the concept of diet culture and the should of how women should be is so painful that we adapt. And that's the characteristic of humans as a species. We are one of the best species in adaptation. And hence why we survive all these millions of years. Because we have the capacity, we have a brain that is so evolved, that no matter what the difficulty that's in front of us, we find ways of adaptation. And we adapt in the context of diet culture with ways of being, with personality traits, with coping behavior, right? So that we talk about the type A personality trait, right? Where we act as if we were an alpha male and we disconnect from our femininity and our female power to become highly logical individual, rigidly organized, conscious of being productive at all time. We become anxious, ambitious, perfectionist, right? We're type, hey, we go about life achieving a lot because God forbid people could judge us on our body. And then we develop what I call diet brain ways of thinking. We become perfectionists and people pleaser and self-critical because God almighty, we're not good enough because our body is not small enough and everything in our life is wrong because of our body. Can you feel me? That's the process of adaptation. And that's why... When women hit their mid-30s, their 40s, and sometimes their 50s, they're like, I can't do this anymore. That's why when my business, right, the Going to Beyond the Food Academy and the Going to Beyond the Food Method works with women typically in their late 30s and 40s. Because when you're 20s, you're still capable of adapting and and the, the thoughts and the should in your head are not as overwhelming because you don't have as many characters, right? You don't have as many roles. But the older you get and the more accumulation you do and you take this on and you take this on, it becomes completely overwhelming, right? And then women end up asking for help. We're going to take a pause here. This is heavy. And I know for some of you, this is the first time you're hearing it. Remember my quote from the beginning, right? The truth will set you free, 
But first, it will piss you off. So if you're pissed off right now, that's okay. Take it out on me. <laughs> I can take it. Uh, but this is the truth. That's, that's how, as women, we live in modern society. So let me give you another quote for you to think about here. Your dislike of yourself is a side effect poison of what you're being fed, aka diet culture. None of this messaging is real. Your inner bully has learned the lies that society fed it, and it's giving you fake news every day. Fake news about your look, fake news about your value, fake news about your worth, your right to be happy. Sisters, I am so sorry you have to deal with this crap. Diet culture are just making you hate yourself for a profit. The weight loss and diet industry is a $91 billion industry a year. And I don't have the number about the beauty industry, but it's estimated to be greater than the diet and weight loss industry. If you have not watched my entire workshop on women, food, and power, where I dissect the intersection between diet culture and female women history, I would highly recommend that you do. And you will understand how the beauty industry, the weight loss industry have been created, both of them in the early 1900 as a way of controlling women. And today it's ruling us as what is known as diet culture. And it's two of the most profitable industry in the world. And they're making profit strictly because you and I are hating ourselves. Because once we accept our body and we stop obsessing about food and we make peace with food and we make peace with our body and we take control back of all those socialized thoughts and those internalized thoughts, we stop buying into the diet and weight loss and beauty industry. And that is a terrible threat to both of those industries. They do not want us to free ourselves because once we do, both of these industries will collapse. Now, this will happen in the future. I can tell you right now, this is how, this is how the world works, right? Things work and they don't work. Currently, we're in the peak of diet culture, weight loss, and beauty industry. In a hundred years from now, things will be different. And that's our role as leaders, as female leaders, as mothers, to change that for the future generation, to change this oppression for our daughters. We can enroll them into this, not by telling them, but by not healing ourselves and by being obsessed with food and our body we teach the next generation that that is the thing to do to be a good woman. 
So the liberation that you need to do is not to go out and be an activist, is to heal yourself. The feminist approach to food is about healing you. One woman at a time, we will heal our entire community of women. Now, I want to bring the loop into food because many of you are listening to this podcast because you binge, you overeat, whatever how you describe your eating. I want to make sure you understand that all of your situation with food, whatever they are, are all caused by you wanting to fit in to diet culture. Not because something is wrong with you and you shouldn't be and you should have known that. None of us know this stuff until somebody like me comes along and teaches you this stuff, right? Society will not want you to know this stuff. So you have developed these eating behavior, this distorted way of relationship with food because you've attempted to shrink your body to fit into diet culture, And the longer you try to shrink your body to fit into diet culture, you adapt, you adapt, you adapt, and your brain adapts to this very painful, full of suffering experience of dieting by causing this distorted way of eating. The longer you diet or the more restrictive you are, the more distorted your relationship to food becomes. That is why by putting another set of rule on binging behavior, you're actually making things worse because you're not ever addressing the root cause, right? And that's my whole mission in this world with the going to be on the food movement is to address the root cause, which is all this distorted socialization and internalization thought that we have about who and how we should live our life as women. That's the problem. Once you solve that, the eating resolve itself. Miracle. It's like literally a miracle. Once you stop obsessing about diet culture and how to fit into it, your food just release itself and you start eating normally. We have a process that's called intuitive eating, right? To repair the eating behavior. But it must be done alongside to you working on the way you think and all those internalized thoughts about diet culture and the socialization that was done to you very young. We must repair this thinking as we go along and repairing our relationship to food. There is not one diet that is powerful enough to save you from your own mind. Just like I said, the most powerful impact is internalization is what you do to yourself. Yes, there is discrimination in society for larger body. Absolutely. But on the scale, what you do to yourself is way more powerful. So 
This is why shrinking your body to fit Western society beauty standard, aka diet culture, is never, ever going to make you feel more confident. Because confidence doesn't come from the size of your body. It comes from you doing hard stuff, overcoming the oppression of diet culture is where your confidence lie. What you believe to be a lack of confidence is truly not. It's a response to the oppression, to the internalization, the socialization that all of us have women have been under from diet culture. You are a confident worthy, powerful being. What I'm proposing to you today is that you use these sources of shame, these oppression and transform them into your source of power to take the journey to recover from diet culture as not a recovery from diet culture, but recovering your own power. And that leads me into the second thing we're craving for, which is agency. Agency is defined as the capacity of individual to act independently and to make their own free choices. We have agency in our society. We are free being. Men and women and all gender, we are free people. You can decide to do what you want. And that's the agency I want you to take today. I want you to take back your autonomy as a smart, powerful woman and use your recovery out of diet culture, healing your relationship to food, healing your relationship to your body as a source of power. And yes, it's hard to do. And welcome that because sister, you've done much harder shit in your life. And I use that S word and I mean it. You have done much more harder things than to recover from diet culture. But that one segment of your life recovering from diet culture is what will give you the greatest source of power, self-esteem, and confidence. I want you to use your story to heal yourself. That's what I did, right? If you've heard me tell tell my story before, that's what I did. I took my own struggle with food and body image as a way of healing myself and coming back in my full power, my full confidence as a woman. And I want you to do the same thing. That's what we do in the going to beyond the food method. We use our source of shame, that is our food and our body as a way of reclaiming our power of reconnecting with our internal nutritionists, our internal powerful women that we are born to be. Now I want to make a caveat here to say that autonomy, right? This capacity to lead your own life according to your own value system also include 
you being on a diet. If you end this podcast here today and you shut it down, I want you to sit with yourself and say, what do I want to do? Do I want to be on a diet for the rest of my life? Understanding all the consequences of it. And I, in my own power, not because of what diet culture says to me, not because what I think I should be, I personally decide that I'm going to be on a diet for the rest of my life because that's what it will require because diet don't work, but that's okay. If you decide to do this fully consciously, not because you have to, because you're conscious, understanding all the side effect of it, then all power to you, sister. That's the feminist approach to food. All power to you because you've consciously decided to do something. But to all of you, we're going to sit with yourself at the end of this podcast. And I want you to do that. And I want you to reflect and to think, I have the power to choose what I want to do with my life. I do not have to respond to that culture. I do not have to should myself for the rest of my life. To all of you who are saying, that's enough, I'm here for you. I have programs. I have methodology that will help you recover from that. And I want to help you do that. And that's what the going to be on the food method is about. It was created through my own experience. It was created through working with hundreds of women that have the same story as me and as you who are going to decide it's enough. We work first on mindset. Why? because of socialization and internalization. If we don't get our mind right, there's no hope to change our relationship to food and body. So we first work on mindset and we spend six weeks working on mindset. And then we roll into emotional intelligence because not reacting to our emotion is a possibility, right? We need to change the way we cope with our emotion from food to just feeling our emotion. And then we roll into mindfulness, being present in the moment instead of shooting ourselves to death in the future. That's called mindfulness. And then we go into intuitive eating, right? This very specific step-by-step process that was creating by expert Evelyn Trevoli and Ellis Reich to recover a normal relationship to food, an intuitive relationship to food. So this process is laid out in 10 steps to address all the side effects of chronic dieting and diet culture on our relationship to food. Then we do the same thing with our body image. We go through a very specific five-step framework that I call body neutrality to recover a normal relationship with our body. And that's how we free ourselves from diet culture. That's how we come back in our power. And that's what I call the feminist approach to food. So I would love to hear from you as I end every podcast. I'm sitting in my office right now in front of my mic alone, in front of a computer, not knowing how this is going to land for you. And I would absolutely love to hear from you. This is a very different type of conversation that we've had thus far in this podcast. 
when we now talk about empowerment and taking back our power and autonomy and adjacency, I'd love to hear how you felt about this conversation. Is that something you're ready for? Is that something you think is going to help you? You can do that through social media. You can leave a review on the podcast. I would absolutely love a review because it helps rank the podcast higher and get this message to more women. And I would encourage you to go and register for the full workshop, Women, Food, and Power, where I talk about the intersection of women history and diet culture, uh, which is a very visual presentation. So it's not something I can do on the podcast, but it's in the link in the show notes. It's free. Um, go and listen to that. And also, if you think you are ready, if you listen to this podcast and by the end of it, you say, yeah, I want to stop shooting myself. I want to come back to my power. Then, uh, And if you'd like my help, then you can schedule a breakthrough session. Again, the link is in the show note. Um, stephaniedoze.com slash 240 and perhaps we'll converse uh, on a conversation on the phone so thank you sister for being here today I love you and I look forward to hang out with you on the next podcast